This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. Our guest today on Messianic Vision has a fascinating new book called White House Watchman. And let me tell you, it is filled with supernatural adventures and spiritual intelligence. Now, his prophetic gifting to connect the spiritual dots in today's events that are happening all around us will provide you with what I believe is a new level of spiritual insight right from our nation's capital. Now, this is really cool. His experience in Washington, D.C. has earned him a behind-the-scenes look at some of these things, and his prophetic gift allows him to many times see beyond the veil. So that, to me, is quite a combination. Our guest is John Hamill. Hi, John. Hi, Donna. What an honor to be with you today. Thank you for having me. This is just a, a amazing timing and looking forward to the our time together here. Yeah, me too. I've been excited about it. So when we read your book and, and you know, our world is a bit in turmoil. We've got a, a little crisis going on at times here. And you just touch on so many things and bring so much insight to that. And it's like I said in the in the introduction to you, you just have a gift for connecting the dots for us. So I really appreciate that. And I want to start here. You talk about a new movement, a movement that you and your wife, Jolene, are completely ingrained in. And we call it a turnaround movement. Explain that. Well, we've seen uh, turnarounds in our nation's history just recently, especially in terms of government, of a magnitude that we could have barely imagined just a few years ago. Um, we felt very strongly back in 2014 that the Lord was granting our nation, especially the body of Christ in this nation, an, a window of opportunity to reestablish our nation according to his heart, his word, and his covenant. And that is exactly what we have seen. And, you know, I feel like the Lord has chosen one of the most unusual catalysts of that turnaround. I don't think anybody expected Donald Trump to be a champion of the turnaround the way he has, but we've gotten to be eyewitnesses of history of a, a magnitude, again, that we could have barely imagined yes. where we've been realigned with God's heart and his, his covenant. Yes. Now, I know this is called White House Watchmen, and we're going to be talking a lot about government, a lot about our, our president, his administration. But this is not just for that. I know you also bring it down and say these same principles that you're teaching apply on a personal level as well. Oh, that's exactly right, Donna. And, you know, for uh, those listening on the podcast today, everything that we are articulating um, before it is national, before it is uh, impacting policy on a national or international level, the turnarounds that are being set in motion right now and the grace to receive God's turnaround, it's first for you. Everything that we've learned about God's heart to bring us back to the right path and bless us far beyond anything we could imagine. It, it has been forged in my life and in the life of my wife, Jolene, in private first. He yes. establishes his cornerstone in us first, and then he releases the same grace uh, at a greater level and greater magnitude. And so for each one of you today, just believe God where you've had some deficits between what you know is possible and what you're currently experiencing. God wants to touch your life and bring a turnaround, not just something that's a flash in a pan, but something that is sustained yes. and something that is built upon day after day, year after year. Yes, yes. And this is interesting to me, John, not just anybody is in the position that you are in, that you have access to some of these places and some of these buildings, some of these, um, even even in our, our presidential administration there, you 
found yourself in quite a unique place there in Washington, D.C., haven't you? It's, it's quite a unique place. Donna, um, some people refer to us as like, you know, Forrest Gump. We're the Forrest Gump of governmental <laughs> prayer <laughs> because we find ourselves right at the threshold of challenging situations that can go one way or the other. And it's, it's literally our, our assignment from the Lord to partner with him to make sure that the situations go the way he desires to go yes. first in prayer. Well, let me ask you this. I'm always interested to know when there's something that's a bit of a new concept comes over our desk and we start reading these things. I'm always interested to know, why did you write this book? What what was your purpose behind it? Well, I wrote this book to help to uh, awaken the body of Christ to what has actually transpired over these past three and a half years and what is uh, God's heart for the years ahead. I believe that we are once again in a very, very delicate time where we have a limited window of opportunity Mm -hmm. to, in this hour, complete the turnaround that God has ordained for us. He wants us to align with our covenantal foundations. He wants to align us to align with the values that are articulated, breathed upon through his word that bring life instead of death. Yes. And we want to see this nation enter fully into life, awakening, revival, and a resurgence of the the promise and destiny that that is who we are. Yes. Yes. We, we want to see this in our generation, and I believe that's what God is opening up the door for. Me too, and that you know what? That brings a lot of hope. I noticed that in your book when you're talking about these current situations and everything. You, it, there's always a lot of hope in the way that you present it. So, John, this is so interesting. Tell me about the prophecy that you had about three years ago that, that really pertains to a lot of the things that are happening right now. Three years ago, I was looking over Washington, D.C. from our watchman's perch. We have a, uh, a home that overlooks the White House, that overlooks the Capitol, and you can see the Supreme Court, overlooks the monuments, including my favorite monument, the Lincoln Memorial. And my spirit was very unsettled. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about midnight crises that were coming by 2020. He used the phrase midnight crises. And that phrase was taken actually out of, uh, in context with Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the virgins and the bridegroom, Mm -hmm. where in the midnight hour, a slumbering bride is awakened by the forerunners that go before the bridegroom, declaring that he is about to come. Behold the bridegroom, he's coming, rise up to meet him. And they all awaken and they begin to light their lamps. As I heard this phrase, midnight crisis, I heard the Lord say that these midnight crises that are coming uh, are going to be similar to what people in the very end of the end of days experience. And our journey through these crises, confronting them and overcoming them, is going to become a prototype even for believers in the very end of days. Yes. Wow. So that... That was something that was kind of sobering, and and Donna, we've seen this come to pass before our eyes um, with the COVID crisis, when the World Health Organization actually uh, notified China that a potential global pandemic was in their nation. Um, China notified the World Health Organization that a global pandemic was possible. That occurred on December 31st of 2019, just as we're coming into 2020. Yes, yes. I read in your book where you're saying, I I think you're really trying to let people know that there is an urgency here because the decisions that, that we make today will affect generations to come, that this is so, so important. Well, I really, really believe this to be true. And I think we've had such a self-centered lifestyle as Americans, especially, that we only care about what our bank accounts are are reflecting long-term. Will we be able to retire at this age? Or God is looking, he's a generational God, looking to perpetuate the blessing 
that he has entrusted to previous generations, to our generation, and to ensuing generations. Yes. And it's for this reason he's being purposeful in giving us revelation ahead of time to pray into and align with so that we can maximize these opportunities and secure his intended destiny. Yes. You know, you mentioned just a second ago, John, December 31st, New Year's Eve 2019. You were actually in the middle of a conference there, something that you guys do every year, and something extraordinary happened. Tell us about that. The experience on December 31st was something that we had lived for for decades and it came to pass in a moment, just like that moment of, of release of God's fire. We experienced revival at the Trump International Hotel. A move of the Holy Spirit came in during our revolution gathering that literally you could compare it to the manifestations that people have written about in the first great awakening and the second great awakening. Things that we have dreamed of came to pass before our eyes. Uh, The whole room was just uh, encompassed by the manifest presence and power of God's governmental glory. People were shaking. People were on the floor. Many people weeping uh, in repentance, in travail. Um, The ministry team was ministering, but people were experiencing the manifest presence and power of God just right where they are as God moved very personally in in people's lives. It was unlike anything that I've ever experienced. And it was so crazy um, when we the move of God carried over from morning to afternoon into the evening. We all had these amazing New Year's Eve plans, you know, that we had to make months in advance. And our New Year's Eve plans became canceled. We didn't go to dinner. <laughs> we we totally missed our special New Year's Eve dinners uh, because nobody wanted to leave the sanctuary of the Trump International Hotel because the presence of God was so thick that uh, it was just overwhelming. This is something that I found just fascinating. I know I used the word fascinating when I was describing your book, but this is one of those things. You call it in your book the conflict of crowns because in in one sense the, the crown of God's presence was right there in that meeting. But on the other side of the world, on the very same day, something else was happening. Yes, that's exactly right. My friend um, Jamie Jackson, a pastor down in Brunswick, Georgia, actually is the person who experienced this crowning. He saw a crystal crown coming from heaven over the governmental institutions, the White House, the Capitol, the Supreme Court. And uh, he saw in in a, a prophetic experience when the glory of God came, he saw this crown descending and he felt like a movement of of governmental prayer was being crowned. He then, you know, prophesied some other aspects of that crowning, but nobody had any clue that uh, half a world away in China, the authorities in China were alerting the uh, World Health Organization about the coronavirus, and corona means crown, a novel coronavirus at that very time. We didn't realize that on December 31st, there was a literal conflict of crowns that was being set up and that uh, the Lord had ordained, preordained for us to receive his crown of glory that quenches every dimension of the enemy's attempt to crown our nation and rule our nation. Yes. Whether it's by COVID or anything else. Yes. So the next day, you you guys begin to seek the Lord over, okay, you know, what's happening here? Let's look at our schedules and, and look for a word from him. What did you guys get at that point? Well, it was a little surprising, you know, because um, having lived for this dream, for the fire of God's governmental glory to come, we've been praying, Donna, across the spectrum of government, praying with governmental leaders, um, in in various different capacities. Um, We had been believing God together for the move of the Holy Spirit, along with everyone probably listening to this uh, podcast, everyone who tunes in to uh, hear about the miraculous work that God is doing as as Sid and, and you, Donna, bring this forth. We're yearning for this manifestation of the awakening we've been seeking this whole time. 
and so naturally we just wanted to steward this the best way we could so we're thinking all right well we're going to take a team on the road we're just going to sweep the nation with awakening and revival it started at the trump international hotel right. and it's going to sweep and and the holy spirit said something different he said to shelter in place and, and I was stunned. It's like, God, we, we've been waiting all this time, and you're saying to shelter in place. What's this all about? I thought immediately he wanted us just to rest up a little bit before we took this on the road. <laughs> now, John, let me, let me ask you a question right here. Was this before we started hearing that phrase in public, shelter in place, shelter in place? It absolutely was. It was before uh, news really broke about this novel coronavirus. Mm-hmm. This was the first week of January. And the Lord mandated that we shelter in place. I, I, we were planning, of course, a, a small trip just to get away and um, rest after our revolution gathering. And we actually had to cancel that, that trip. I, I asked my wife, Jolene, who's also very, very prophetic. She's probably more prophetic than me. And, uh, she was so looking forward to this trip and connecting with friends. And so she prayed about it reluctantly. Like there goes John again. <laughs> and the Lord gave her Isaiah twenty six twenty. Go my people enter into your rooms and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until his wrath has passed by. And honestly, Donna, this surprised wow. both of us. What is going on? We had no idea why the Lord was saying to shelter in place in Washington, D.C. And then that became the mandate for the ensuing months. Yes, yes. Well, I want us to go back just a little bit, John, here. And uh, we're going to catch back up to that in a minute. But I would like to hear, I know uh, in, in March of 2015, you and Jolene were in Jerusalem, and let, let's go back to that time right there and tell me what happened. What did the Lord tell you there? I think it's really appropriate to share this right now because this shows the power of God's turnaround and how things can turn on a dime. Yes. The Lord had given us a, a passage of Scripture for our nation in 2014, actually on Daniel 7:22. Um, talks about a courtroom verdict of justice in favor of the saints, restraining the enemy and releasing the saints to possess the kingdom, the governmental seats of authority. And uh, the Lord had really highlighted that passage of Scripture to us for our nation in 2014. And in 2015, he highlighted that passage for the nation of Israel regarding Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's election. And if you remember, uh, the administration in office at the time was pretty aggressively trying to remove Prime Minister Netanyahu because of his stand regarding the Iranian nuclear deal. Yes. And so when, especially after Prime Minister Netanyahu addressed Congress, a joint session of Congress, and compelled them, pleaded with them, to not accept the deal. We believed it was a covenant with death. Uh, he was targeted to be ousted. In fact, President Obama sent his top campaign advisor to help with the opposition to unseat Netanyahu. So we, we went for the final 10 days prior to Prime Minister Netanyahu's the election, the Israeli elections. And Donna, nobody in Israel thought that Prime Minister Netanyahu was going to win. Everybody thought that the the pressure from America, the pressure from Washington, D.C., was too strong. In fact, uh, there was a meeting in Jerusalem with Chuck Pierce, and he asked me to pray, and I just repented for where Washington, D.C. would ever presume to exercise authority over Jerusalem yes. in an unholy way. And that was a, a time of much repentance. And then I prophesied this. Daniel 7:22 turnaround verdict and uh we g- were met with embraces like thank you you have great sentiments you're naive it's not going to happen and all that said we were on the walls of Jerusalem on election day and 
the Holy Spirit encountered us there and said, as you have stood with me for my elections in my covenant land, so I will stand with you for a turnaround in your 2016 presidential elections. And that took us aback, just the very fact that we had invested our time and our energy and our finances to go and to uh, collaborate with uh, the people of Israel and the body of Christ in Jerusalem to to stand for what we believe to be God's uh, intended candidate. Yes. The Lord opened this up. And then that night, Donna, against all odds, Prime Minister Netanyahu won. It has stunned everybody. Yes. The first electoral turnaround that we saw of this magnitude wasn't President Trump's election. It was Prime Minister Netanyahu's election. Yes. And the word of the Lord had proven to be true. And we had a faith built in us at that time that we can see a turnaround. Now, we had no idea who the uh, the chosen catalyst for the turnaround would be. We We had no idea at that time. But we had fuel for prayer that we could see a turnaround in our nation, because as it is, you know, Israel's God's time clock, first with Israel and then with America and the nations. Yes, that was quite a word. I read that. When I read it, I had to read it over and over again. Do you mind if I say it? You've said it. Can I say it? Is it okay? <laughs> Please do. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit spoke to you, and it was a sacred promise. And he said, as you have stood with me for my elections in my covenant land, so will I stand with you for a turnaround in your 2016 presidential elections. Whoo, that just makes me kind of like, whoa, whoa, that is amazing. I love that. So come 2016, fill us in. Well, yeah, in 2015, the Lord gave us a vision of what that turnaround looks like with economic resurgence and a restoration of the military and uh, um, then in early 2016, we were preparing when we received this word, the Lord began to speak to us about going to all 50 states and praying Daniel 722 and ministering on Daniel 722 in each state and governmentally declaring the release of God's turnaround. And so we organized a 50-state tour. We called it, it sounds a little bit strange, I guess, but we called it the glory train. And the reason why <laughs> is because the last prophetic word that Bob Jones had, the last overarching word affecting our nation, uh, Bob Jones saw a vision of a, a, a train. And he went to the conductor and asked what the train is. And the Lord spoke to Bob Jones, this is my glory train. And he knew it represented the restoration of God's glory. Yes. That's ultimately what we are all about. The governmental expression of that, where where uh, the nation turns back to our covenantal foundations, to biblical values. You remember in the previous administration, the values that we hold dear were mocked openly. Mm -hmm. uh, many, many Christians suffered persecution. The name of Jesus wasn't even allowed to be said in public gatherings uh, in, in the U.S. military. There was a lid on the body of Christ, and there was pretty substantial challenges related to Israel. Yes. And so we looked at Daniel 7.22, where in one moment the saints were being persecuted, they were being ostracized, marginalized, uh, war was being waged against them, and they were losing the war until the Ancient of Days took his seat and judgment was rendered in favor of the saints and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. We knew it was that time. So we launched this 50 state glory train turnaround tour. And um, it was just remarkable to walk out what became the defining victory of 2016. On January 5th of 2016, um, I had a prophetic experience uh, where I saw Donald Trump. It was a dream, and I saw Donald Trump win the contract to restore the Department of Homeland Security. In this dream, this was while he was just a face in the crowd. There's no, he was not a, a, even a contender being taken seriously, except for by a few prophets like Lance Wallnow and Chuck Beers. 
Um, but I, I had this dream. And in the dream, Donald Trump actually went to a campus, uh, a Homeland Security campus. And while he did, I saw black women and Hispanic women coming through the gates of Homeland Security, worshiping the Lord, shouting praises to God. And I knew this represented two things. I knew that in the end, the proof would be in the pudding that President Trump would be a president for all people, yes. not just one particular group of people. And I knew this also represented Christians who had been marginalized in governments being welcomed back in through the gates of government. And, and with that at heart, when the Lord began to show this to me through the dream that President Trump was his chosen catalyst and that he was going to be a blessing to the African-American community, to the Hispanic community, to the Native community, to the Asian community, yes. that this was going to be for all of America, he, he had my support in prayer. And... Um, we we knew from that time in January 2016 that God's hand was on him to bring this turnaround. Yes, and I know you had assembled a group of people, and you were praying. You were praying that that urgent watchman prayer, the Daniel 7:22 turnaround verdict that you had gone through every state, you know, praying and prophesying, and then the day came, and we all know what the result was. <laughs> The day came, the week before, actually just days before, we visited the church of uh, an inner city black pastor named Wayne T. Anderson. And Wayne T. Anderson pastors a church in Detroit, Michigan. He actually, in September, on September 11th, uh, I saw the picture of him um, mantling President Trump for the presidency. He actually put a Jewish prayer shawl over the president of the United States, laid hands on him, prophesied over him, and gave him a Jewish Bible and said, when you become president, remember Israel, bless Israel. And when I read that article, Holy Spirit spoke to me, never forget that Donald Trump was mantled for the presidency by a black pastor from Detroit. Wow. And when he prayed over President Trump, he said, sir, you're going to come into some very difficult times, mm. times where you don't have any answers. He said this, as he was laying hands on him and imparting the anointing of Holy Spirit, he said, remember, the anointing will sustain you. It will propel you forward beyond those blockages. My goodness. This actually became known as one of the most extraordinary election turnarounds that, that we've ever had in our history. That is correct. It is unprecedented in modern American history, perhaps in American history. Nobody thought it was possible. Nobody thought uh, he would win. And yet it was quite literally a midnight turnaround. Yes. We had a midnight crisis and we had a midnight turnaround. Yes, you know what? I feel and I see and I hear the urgency that you are talking about as far as being a watchman. These prophetic words and us, us filling in that gap and standing on that wall and being a watchman for what God wants to see in our nations. I'm thrilled as I read the book and it's almost like reading an exciting history lesson and also a Bible lesson all in one that's just like not on the pages but maybe on a big screen or something. I just I just loved it. It was so exciting to me. So I want to take just a minute to tell everyone that's listening about this powerful, powerful resource that you have put together, John. And it's your brand new book, White House Watchmen, and the brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series, and that's by John, you and your wife, Jolene, as well, and it's called 20 Prophecies for the 2020s. Wow, I cannot wait for everybody to get this, to read through the prophecies that the Lord has given you, and not just for 2020. I said the 2020s, so this goes for the entire decade of the 2020s. So that's going to be exciting. So I want everybody to make sure that they listen for Sid at the end of the program to find out exactly how they can get it. 
We're just so excited about the uh, the book, the release of the book. I feel it's the right time. We're not just going to be sharing history, but we're also equipping people to become watchmen themselves. You may have never uh, considered yourself an intercessor or a, a prophetic voice or a watchman, but uh, we give you tangible steps to partner with the Holy Spirit so that he, the great watchman of Israel and America, can become that watchman with you and through you. Yes. And that's something we're going to emphasize as well um, in, in our series, 20 Prophecies for the 2020s, is uh, this is all about your capacity to hear from God and partner in what he is saying uh, to release his destiny into your life. That's what we're going to teach. That's what we're going to share with you how to do, how to position yourself to receive his best for your life. And I promise you will barely get started on this book or these audio (laughs) teachings before you are so, so excited. So I really appreciate that, John. Okay, John, we we have just been talking about a watchman. Uh, For those that may not exactly know what we're talking about here, what is a watchman? Well, a watchman is a person in covenant with God at his direction to unleash his kingdom redemption within the signed sphere of authority through prayer. Now, that sounds pretty complicated. Let me demystify it a little bit. (laughs) Okay. If you have a little child and you are uh, concerned about that child's welfare, say you're out at a park or something, you keep watch over that child. And there are times when you can just cry out to your child, your son, your daughter, uh, your grandson, your granddaughter, and bring that child back in. There's times where you have to take action in order to make sure that child stays within the boundaries and out of danger. Yes. That's a great example of being a watchman. I love that. And so what we're looking to do is to pray, partner with the Lord in prayer to, to align our spheres of authority, whether it's the White House or your house, with God's heart, with his covenant, and with his destiny for your life. Great. I love that. I mean, you, it's almost like you can just see that picture in your head. Now, let's talk about the two different ones here. Uh, you, your book, of course, is called White House Watchman. So what is a White House Watchman? Well, to us, a White House watchman is a a man or a woman who is assigned to partner with the Lord to release a dimension of his kingdom within the White House, within the presidency. But it goes beyond the presidency because um, the executive branch of government encompasses a much, much greater realm than just the presidency. For instance, you have the military under the direction of the president mm-hmm. as part of the executive branch. You have the uh, our intelligence communities, which we pray for all the time. There are watchmen in the natural. They keep watch for us to keep America safe. We pray for the Department of State, the U.S. State Department, and we've seen dramatic, miraculous transformations at the State Department, which is essentially our uh, headquarters for global diplomacy. Mm-hmm. And the list goes on and on. So a White House watchman comes into covenant with God for the sphere of authority of the White House praying over the president, the vice president, and the sphere of authority entrusted to the executive branch. Yes. Now, now you mentioned an assignment a- assigned to like the, the White House, the government or whatever. Where does this assignment come from? Is it like a calling or a passion or something that you just feel burning within you? And, and you can say, yes, I, I believe this is my assignment. I'm going to take up this assignment. Yeah, that's exactly right. Some people think that, you know, President Trump's going to give a call to you and, and, you know, you'll just answer the phone and, hi, this is the president of the United (laughs) States. I'd like you to pray for me. For us, that's not how it worked. Maybe for some people that's how it worked. But for us, the vision for what God wanted to bring forth was birthed internally. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And again, as we shared the stories about the release of Daniel 7:22 and the promise for a, a, a turnaround for our nation, and as we stood on the walls of Jerusalem, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem, who will not hold their peace day or night. And it was on those walls of Jerusalem, uh, being commissioned as a watchman, that uh, the Lord spoke to me so clearly about the U.S. presidential election. Yes. And then I thought, well, maybe my assignment's over, but the Lord commanded me in another prophetic experience uh, to to he assigned me as an intercessor for yes. President Trump. So it, it came from the Holy Spirit inviting me in. But that said, if you have a passion in your heart to pray, that's that's absolutely valid. You, your passion is directed by the Holy Spirit can move mountains in the White House, and it's so desperately needed right now. Yes, yes, I love that. And then what about this one, a, a throne room watchman? This is something that I've had to learn both the, the easy way in thought, but then the hard way in action. Because we always have the ideal with which we are going to keep our eyes focused on the Lord, cultivate intimacy with the Lord. He is our top priority. But when things shake out, when either you encounter great challenges, such as the challenges we're in right now, Mm -hmm. or great opportunities, such as the opportunity to shake hands with the president or something like that, it can affect you. And we've got to keep our eyes first on Jesus. We've got to realize he is the watchman. And we are only effective to the extent that we are connected with him and connected with his throne. A lot of people think that God's throne is like this big movie theater where we get to like all watch what he's doing. And, And that's kind of nice and everything. But I like to think about the throne of God almost like the seat of the presidency with the cabinet. And when we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, just like the elders who have thrones of authority before his throne, we are invited to commune with him in intimacy, but also to relate to him out of the sphere of authority that he has assigned us to. That's a radically different concept than what Many people have been taught, but yes. it is absolutely the foundation for the release of effective intercession for our world. And, and that includes every single person that's been born again, right? We are all granted what Paul described as a, a seat with Jesus in the heavenly places. So it's not like this can be any single person that is born again. This is your place. You have been granted this seat to be there with him and to keep watch. Wow, that's strong. That is exactly right, Donna. And let's put it another way. Covenants establish thrones of governance. Yes. So when you're born again, you enter into his covenant, and the first thing he does is he grants you a seat before his throne. We have people lined up to meet with the president of the United States. That is the highest honors to get an audience with the president of the United States. But you serve an even greater being than the president, who has far more power than any president or any king in the world. And you have automatically, at your own discretion, you have an invitation to come and sit before him and dialogue with him and commune with him and receive wisdom from him and receive direction from him. It's absolutely extraordinary. And that seat has been secured by his blood covenant with you. Yes. John, I found this so interesting. I mean, you're prophetic gifting and uh, uh, toward all the governmental things. And and you said that we're basically in a season now that that's similar to the days of Joshua's calling. What what did you mean by that? Well, I had an ex- experience with the Lord um, back in 2018, the fall of 2018, where one of the few times I experienced an angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord came up behind me and commissioned me as a Joshua and began to speak to me about the emergence of a Joshua generation. And um, I really, really believe in the power of covenant. We're coming up this November 11th, uh, 2020, on the 400th anniversary 
of the signing of the Mayflower Compact. My forefather, Richard Warren, was one of the guys, one of the pilgrims who signed that compact and cut covenant with the Lord for the land that would become the United States. And I felt like the grace for this window of opportunity, this time gate called 2020, and then the decade of the 2020s, the Lord was releasing an anointing to possess as Joshua received an anointing to possess. Um, he was summoned by the Lord after Moses' passing. And we can see, I, I say this through tears, but we can see how uh, many in the Moses generation have actually gone on to be with the Lord because of this COVID virus. The Joshua generation must be set in place and must be mantled as Moses and mentored uh, by Moses to step into those shoes, big shoes to fulfill, and possess the land. And when I say land, each one of you has a covenant promise. Each one of you is an inheritance ordained by the Lord. And he is intent in this season on, on bringing us into that uh, window of opportunity to possess our portion. It, this is actually... Uh, a verdict from heaven's court on your behalf. And as each one of you does this individually, we collectively, as the United States of America, will either, as of 2020, we will move away from the covenant inheritance that God's ordained for us to possess and move with decisions that would literally position us to become subjugated by a global government global governmental structure that is intent on maligning the constitution and removing the freedoms that have been entrusted to us or we can rise up in this window of opportunity and possess our portion so on a personal level we know many people, since this word of the Lord has been given, we know many people have quite literally received inheritances out of the middle of nowhere. It just happens everywhere we go. And on a, on a national level, it's time for us to possess our inheritance. And I'm, yes. I'm going to say this, and maybe a little controversial, but even for Israel, God has a timing to possess the land of Israel. And I believe that we've stepped into that move of the Holy Spirit where the Lord's welcoming the possession of a greater measure of his promised land. Israel belongs to the Lord. Before it belongs to anyone else, Israel belongs to the Lord, and it's up to him to mete out that inheritance. And yes. as we honor his inheritance, he honors ours. Yes, yes, absolutely. God has promised a grace along with a mandate to complete the turnaround he has begun. This is all about completing the turnaround. We've seen the window open, and we've got to perpetuate this legacy generationally so our offspring and our offspring's offspring can live in the blessing that we and our forefathers have experienced. And this is the word of the Lord. You're authorized to possess. Heaven's gavel has fallen even over the cornerstone of national governance. And in this season, a mantle is being transferred. The Lord says, I am imparting to my covenant people an anointing to possess. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Wow. I, I know I read that, and, and sometimes when I read a, something that I feel really strongly about, and then I just like kind of meditate on it and then read it again. And I know I say wow a lot, but you guys make me do that. I'm sorry. You just, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'm just reading this and what God says to us sometimes, isn't it? It's just, it's just amazing, isn't it, how he speaks to our heart? It really is amazing. We have a phrase in our ministry that uh, has kind of caught fire now. And when, when we hear things and they seem at, at, the, at first to be so outlandish like god how are you going to possibly be able to do that and yes. then it comes to pass we just we just say you can't make this stuff up exactly <laughs> exactly and i'm looking forward to 2021 when we look back at 2020 and say hallelujah you yes. can't make this stuff up thank Ooh, you jesus yes <laughs> well listen i'm going to tell you a little secret about me i really like spy stuff you know, I like to, you know, the James Bond movies where he has all the, the gadgets and the, the secret phones and the different things like that. Sure. You've got a section in your book that's called Encrypted Communication. And boy, I'm like, oh, that sounds exciting. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> well, what I'm talking about is a magnitude of communication with God that is encrypted. What if I offered you real-time surveillance that exposes plots of the enemy over your sphere from anywhere in the world? What if I could also offer you a strategy to stop these plots or mitigate the effects of the plots already in play, whether it's like a terrorist attack or whether it's some financial challenges or challenges with a partner or whatever? What if, what if I could give you uh, encrypted communication that not only conveys the warning, but also brings the answer. Yes. And that is the gift that God gave us when he gave us the gift of praying in the Holy Spirit. We, we don't understand the magnitude of blessing that the Lord has given, that it is quite literally communication that is encrypted so that the enemy cannot understand the communication. It's between God and us. But even we can't understand the communication until we kind of get the deciphering <laughs> or we pray for revelation and the Lord gives an interpretation of what we've received. But what it means is that if you have a family crisis and you don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit knows how to pray. He knows just how to pray so that the enemy is restrained and God's best for that person is secured, whether it's uh, your, your mother or your children or a co-worker or the president of the United States. You can pray with the utmost precision Yes. By praying in the Holy Spirit. It's like it's like having a secret weapon, isn't it? It's, it is. It's like having a secret weapon. And, and, you know, we pray for the intelligence world all the time. And they talk about getting in these rooms called skiffs where nobody else can hear. And it's kind of an impenetrable fortress where the communication is between the person that's communicating and then the other person across the, the nation or across the world. And that's exactly what God's given us. Yes. Through praying in tongues, we have encrypted communication that when the communication is decoded, it redefines our world. Praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit is one of our greatest secret weapons. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, I want to talk just a little bit before we go. We've got a few more minutes, and I know everybody's kind of hanging on the edge of their seat saying, well, I want to hear about the, the prophecies, the 20 prophecies for the 2020s. And can you give us just a couple of those? And you don't have to go into a lot of detail because I know you've prepared an audio series where you and Jolene are really going to go through these prophecies and, and really reveal what God has given you. But give me just a couple of examples. What, what are a couple of these prophecies? Well, the first prophecy is actually the name of the book, White House Watchmen. And um, we really felt that from 2020 to 2022, God is calling for a, a three-year watchman vigil. You know, uh, there is no more powerful time for intercession than the elections, the presidential elections every four years. I mean, it seems whether you're a Democrat or Republican, um, people pray like there's no tomorrow. Elections and wars generally have that effect on raising the level, raising yes. the bar, raising the water level of the body of Christ to pray. And then afterwards, we kind of let the president hang out to drive. All of a sudden, he's or she is uh, building a new administration and trying to get everything together and working through all the, the, the challenges of the presidency on a national and international level. And the water level of prayer just subsides to the point where it's nearly a desert. Yes. So we pray the person in and then we leave that person hanging out to dry. The Lord really showed that it's time to reverse that cycle. Mm -hmm. And President Trump seems to have a real gift at mobilizing prayer uh, with all the challenges that he's faced. We haven't had the luxury of letting down at all. But God wants to raise up an entire company of watchmen who will keep watch and keep fervent in prayer so that there's not this drastic decline in prayer and therefore decline in effectiveness yes. after the president gets in office. Yes, and I know one of the prophecies as well is you have prophesied a historic sweep, meaning the House and the Senate, at some point in our future. 
That is correct. We really felt uh, this past uh, November, actually, we were um, touring the Capitol um, a year to the date of the 2020 presidential elections, and I saw a vision of a gavel falling, as I, I mentioned in the previous prophecy. And I knew that the Lord was bringing his gavel to bear upon the issue of life in America. And the Lord is wanting to align our nation so that we finally overthrow this covenant with death and hell known as abortion. Yes. And we shift from a covenant with death, empowering a culture of death, to a covenant of life, empowering a culture of life. Ooh. That is paramount on God's heart. And I felt like um, the Lord spoke to me that because one party has so marginalized this issue and even stood in open defiance of his heart, his word on this issue, that um, there's just going to be some incident that would cause people to, in massive numbers, uh, disempower that party. That's what I felt. And I'm, I'm submitting that to you and submitting this to the broader body of Christ listening here. Yes, and I know you've got 18 more prophecies that you're going to share with people <laughs> on the audio yeah. series, which are so, so uh, important and just revelatory. I read some of them, and I'm like, wow, really, wow. So anyway, I want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to get that. So let me remind you that Sid and I really want to encourage you to get John Hamill's brand-new book, White House Watchman, and the brand new and exclusive. Now, as you know, I say every time almost that exclusive means you cannot get that anywhere else. So we want to make sure that you get it with this package that uh, John has put together, his brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series. And this is by John and his wife, Jolene, and they're going to be sharing with you 20 prophecies for the 2020s. So be sure and listen for that at the end of the program. John, one more thing I'd like to talk about before we let you go. Governmental glory. Yes, ma'am. We were in Israel um, when the Lord began to really speak about the governmental glory of God from Isaiah 6. Uh, our friend Rick Ridings has a house of prayer that overlooks the walls of Jerusalem that we stood on in 2016 and overlooks the Temple Mount, actually. And I began to read uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, uh, which talks about and shows in a, a time of great governmental upheaval. In, in Isaiah's day, uh, his king, Uzziah, died. And so Israel was left without a king. In our day, it's a day of governmental shaking. And the Lord spoke to us about this time period from 2019 on through 2020 as a time period of extraordinary governmental shaking. Isaiah never quit on God. He, he stayed true to his calling, and he stayed true to, as an intercessor. He was a throne room watchman, and he kept uh, vigil at the very temple of God and had an experience where God unveiled his unshakable throne and uh, his governmental glory. I think it's fascinating to uh, just read this passage today because the Lord spoke to us uh, in Jerusalem and later on in, in England confirmed it, that he, he is within a year, this was 2019, he said within a year there's going to be a global shaking and know that in the midst of the global shaking, I am unveiling my governmental throne. Isaiah saw the Lord seated on a throne, lofty and exalted, and the train of his robe was filling the temple. Heaven came to earth. The governmental glory of God was unveiled with the king seated on the throne. And no matter who wins this upcoming election on a, a, a local level, on a statewide level, city by city, there's going to be lots of upheaval. We've already seen extraordinary upheaval, and I think there's going to be a very clear evaluation of how leaders position themselves either in alignment with God or against God's heart, really against the people. And we're going to see 
uh, a whole lot of political upheaval as a result. But in the midst of the thrones of our nation's shaking, God is bringing a visitation to our nation. He is unveiling his governmental glory, and he is seated on the throne of this nation. Yes. We, yes. we experienced this, Donna, at the Trump International Hotel as the Lord began to move in power and usher us into 2020 with that revival. And I know that's what he's doing. He's going to flood the nation with the same magnitude of awakening and revival. The governmental glory of God is being released. Yes, yes. And I know that you made this statement. You said, by Pentecost 2021, many will experience the governmental glory from coast to coast and in Washington, D.C. Yeah, we're looking forward to that, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> That's what we're living for, actually. So yes, I we've agree. got a year. Well, I'm going to let you go. But one thing before we go, I would love for you to pray for the people that are listening. And I, I, this is something that I, that I really, really loved when you talked about. It's, it's a little bit of an instruction about when we pray, how to pray. And I, I would like to you talk to the listeners right before we go and then pray for them about that. Pray until God moves and then pray for them, if you would, John. Sure. You know, Jesus in instructed us always to pray and never give up. And so often the difference between answered prayer and unanswered prayer is very simply that someone prayed until God moved. Yes. If I can leave you with any um, encouragement, pray until God moves. Pray what God puts in your heart for the person you are watching over and praying for, whether, again, it's a son or a daughter that's gone astray, or whether it's a work situation, or whether it is the, the challenges that we are facing as a nation. Pray until God moves. If you look at that, the Daniel, he's a great example, the prophet Daniel. He... Everybody does these Daniel fasts these days because Daniel prayed 21 days until the angel of the Lord showed up with revelation for him. <clears throat> but Daniel didn't choose to pray 21 days. Daniel prayed until God moved. And that's something that we've got to recapture. Back in the uh, back in generations gone by, uh, people would stay at the altar until they knew that God had responded and breakthrough was secured. And then they would keep watch over a situation until that breakthrough showed up and kissed them in the face. We've got to gain, regain that same resolve. So yes. quitting or continuing would have made all the difference in Daniel's day, and it absolutely does in ours. Jesus said that what you will have what you hunger and thirst to obtain. You'll have to contend sometimes in prayer. And we can pray until hell's blockades are removed and heaven's firepower is released. I just want to encourage you guys that sometimes the level of resistance shows the level of significance that each answered prayer carries in releasing kingdom advancement. Yes. I hope that makes sense to yes. you because you have such hope for something. Pray until it shows up. Yes, absolutely. John, would you uh, close us out in prayer and pray for those that are listening to the program today? So with that, Lord, I just thank you first for Sid Roth, for Donna. Thank you for the great team that's been assembled, that you've literally assembled a throne for yourself, for your glory to not just come and visit once in a while, but to rest and abide. And we thank you for this extraordinary ministry that is spreading your hope, the hope of your gospel and the truth of your gospel uh, far and wide. And Lord, we pray for each and every person that is hearing this podcast, each and every person that's going to be tuning in to the television interview. Lord, we just declare right now, we release a mantle of governmental prayer over them right now, a grace and an anointing to pray until, Lord, to pray until the enemy is restrained and what they have been summoned by you to hope for, to stand for, to live for is birthed 
and manifested in the earth. We ask, Father God, that you open up our eyes, just as you opened up Isaiah's eyes, to see the one who is truly in charge over this nation in the midst of this seemingly constant shaking and upheaval, to see the one who is seated on the unshakable throne. Lord, we ask that you redirect our gaze to Jesus Christ, redirect our gaze to Yeshua HaMashiach, the King of glory. We are asking, Father God, that you uh, light up each person with fire, the fire of Holy Spirit be released, the breaker anointing be released, eyes that see, ears that hear, and a heart that stands with you until your dream for your world comes to pass in Jesus' name. Yes, yes, amen. John, thank you for being with us, and I want to thank everyone for listening today. And now here's Sid Roth to tell you how you can get White House Watchmen and the audio teaching series, 20 Prophecies for the 2020s. Sid? John Hamill wants to take you behind the scenes, I mean literally beyond the veil, to see the real influencers in Washington, D.C. You'll hear the most incredible untold stories, prophetic words, and this is true. This isn't false news. This is real truth. These prophetic words and revelatory encounters, even of President Trump. John says you're called to be a prophetic change agent in this very moment in history. He means you're called to this, and you'll get it. That revelation will hit you. Now is your time to receive the watchman mantle for this hour. The very same biblical principles which have shifted the White House can also be applied to significantly shift your house, your business, your family, your community. Be sure to get John's brand new book, White House Watchmen, and the brand new and exclusive audio teaching series by both John and Jolene Hamill, 20 Prophecies for the 2020s. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website, at SidRoth.org, that's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Order today for investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9700. Once again, that's offer number 9700. 